Welcome back to the Ninja Talks podcast, a show for curious minds, highlighting learning and tips that help experts evolve better. Do you know what it actually takes to pursue research as a profession? Well, that's exactly what we are going to talk about in episode 12, Love, Resilience, Passion, Fostering Research. This is Sneh. And this is Ria. Our today's ninja guest is Dr. Emmanuel Lorenzi, Senior Researcher, Lecturer and Innovation Coach at University of Applied Sciences and Arts, Northwestern Switzerland. Co-founder of Startup, Focused, Incubator, Impact Lab and a leading research figure. Thank you very much, Ria, Sneh, and Lili for having me. Thank you. Very glad to have you on our show. So as you're from a research background, you are a leading research figure. What is it that you do as an innovation coach or how do you implement strong leadership and collaboration skills in the team through coaching techniques? Yeah, thank you very much. Very interesting question. It all started when I was studying at the master level, where I got introduced to ontologies, this amazing world of how to represent knowledge in a way that is not only interpretable by humans, but also by machine. And this is indeed the subfield of AI that is symbolic reasoning, the counterpart, I would say, of machine learning, right? So where we have the data-driven approaches. On the one hand, we have this knowledge engineering, and knowledge experts, and the other hand, we have the data-driven approaches. And now an exciting journey into AI is how can you create intelligent systems so that you combine the strength of the both the data-driven approaches and the expert systems. So this is just to give you a little bit an idea on how I started. So starting from these expert systems, and then I got fascinated about that. I pursued a PhD that uh, focused on the seamless integration between enterprise models, that is providing some human interpretability, and these ontologies that are providing uh, machine interpretability. The interesting part was like, how do you ensure that what the human perceive, understands, can also be understood by the machine? And for this, I came up with a yeah, with an approach that has been then validated in, uh, into one uh, prototype. And now this prototype is continuously being developed at the university where I supervise master thesis and we try to, to push it. Recently, actually, there was a colleague who built an interesting research on top of this, which went towards creation of business model Canvas using this prototype so that you can have all the possible business model canvas, not only interpretable for innovation coaches or uh, entrepreneurs, but also they could be interpreted by the machine. And in this case, now imagine that you have all these thousands of business model canvas that you can simply reuse. You can find patterns for innovation and so on. So there is a huge potentiality there. And, and indeed, you want the best paper award in this conference called POEM. So it's uh, really focusing on the practice of enterprise modeling and combining it also with uh, with AI. So this is the research part. And now obviously, I yeah, in general, I'm always keen for getting to know new things, new approaches, and 
I like talking to people, being inspired. I'm a fan of TED Talks, for example, or even podcasts. And I just want the, the more input I get, the better. And uh, this is, you know, it's driven by passion, I would say. And therefore, this comes now the innovation flavor uh, that is injected into this research profile. And this combination has led me to propose the, this impact lab, we call it. So it's a, an incubator that helps out students at FHNW to the university where I work to, to found startups. But we take them into the journey, no matter which stage they are. They, maybe they are in the, in the very first idea, or maybe they have created already a business model canvas that is solid and uh, bulletproof, but still, there is always room for improvements and therefore we just, our aim is to take them to the next level, which can be maybe a better business model covers or pitch ready to, to raise money in front of investors and so on. Great. So definitely outstanding insights to know and I was very happy to know like, you know, how other things are getting involved in the research and how it's growing its focus area. and wonderful what was the turning point when you realized you need to lead something like impact lab you want to push your community forward with these initiatives what was the realization when you thought like okay let's take this up for the students or you know for the learners mm -hmm. yeah well obviously education plays a fundamental role because whatever i do is also conveying towards giving, providing best education, so the best learning conditions that I could ever provide. By default, what I have is I love to transfer knowledge in an easy, effective, efficient way. I would say this is what I always liked. And now I had the opportunity to practice it at school by being a lecturer. Right. Now, if you, obviously, if you know about, you know, interesting stuff like AI, how to explain it to business people and then how to intrigue the people. So on the one hand, being persuasive and on the other hand, really providing some content that is meaningful. So this is the, uh, is the driver, which is then rewarded by the interest of students. Because, yeah, I wouldn't really like, I assume no professor or lecturer would like to teach something and uh, just for the purpose of conveying something. But then when you receive this, you know, feedback or maybe constructive discussions that this is where the magic happens and, and you just like, it's fuel for us, for, for those who are doing this job. And it's wonderful, you know, how it shapes an entire community and a thought gets turned into reality. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. So for me, for me, I would say, if I may add a snare, I really believe in the power of having this loop between industry and education. So in the industry where you get to know the problematics that are out there and also being aware of new technologies how to use them because yeah, nowadays they are, IT is not any longer only used for reducing costs, right? It's an enabler, enabler yeah. of new business models. Now, if you have all these new business models, like multi-sided business model, for example, where Facebook or Google, where you have the users, which are not charged by money, where you have also customers such as yeah, companies that put their ads there and they are charged based on the, on the clicks on these ads. So, this 
these are new business models, obviously, that uh, the, the advances in technologies allowed. And now, if you are aware of what is going on and you are keen to absorb this innovation, you can provide great values to students. And then also the great value that you get back from the students, perhaps, you know, like the interest or also the critical thinking that I also try to convey to them, like, okay, try all the time to be you know, critical at something and not just by default, okay, this is the only way to go for because someone said that. No, just think on your own, right? And then, yeah, talk to people, challenge them and being challenged. There is nothing better than that to grow. Absolutely. I agree with that. And what actually goes being in a research field as you started your journey from academia, like being a research intern, then doing a bunch of other things, then educating people, doing for community and people, leading research, doing a double master's degree, doctorate degree. So what are the things that you have witnessed during a journey in the research domain? And what are some of the things that people who want to jump into that domain should realize? Thank you for the questions, Nels. Many, many interesting questions. Uh, I'm glad to receive them. What would I suggest? I would suggest, so if someone is curious by default, then definitely is already a sign that he or she can be keen to jump into research. And uh, research can also be tough, especially in the beginning, because if you are someone who is always used to see things on a fast pace, like delivering things on a fast pace. So like uh, having an idea, applying it and then seeing, uh, receiving the feedback and then continuing this loop. Then it could be a little bit frustrating, especially at the beginning in research. Why? Because there is so many things to learn. There are different layers, right? You, you might, you start to get to know something and, and then maybe passionate about that. But then when you really embrace this uh, vertical uh, journey, then this is where also the, the journey with yourself starts. So the challenge is also how to cope with your, with your emotions, or with, with the fact that sometimes uh, maybe hypotheses that you're, that you're having that they might be wrong, or maybe tests that you have believed that would have provided positive results, they, they actually do not deliver positive results. So you just keep going and try to, you know, have the hope, believe in yourself always, because the light is always at the end of the tunnel. And then you just have to run like a horse doing a race, not being distracted. Yeah, focus on your goal and you have to run as fast as possible to reach this goal. And meanwhile, enjoying the ride. Enjoying the ride, what does it mean? It means take the time to talk to the people, to be inspired, to, to, to get inputs from even different people, not only those who are working on your field. It's very enriching to have diversification, interdisciplinary talks. So not only participating in conferences that are addressing your field, but perhaps also why not participating in TEDx events and so on, so that you can discuss even your idea with someone that has a totally different background and enriches you. 
That's wonderful insight, Emmanuel. Uh, you focus on your goal, meanwhile balancing everything, enjoy their life ride, and by talking to diverse kind of the people, as diversification is also important. So, being a part of different countries and various cultures, you have witnessed diversity. So, would you like to give few tips to the young folks who plan to study and research abroad, and what are some groundbreaking truths and not so known facts from the research industry? Industry. Yeah, so thank you, Ria, for this question. Actually, let me tell you that although my CV looks that I have many, many international, I would say, experiences, this only came after I turned 24. So before I was only always in Italy. And indeed, until the age of 20, 24, I was not even able to speak English, I would say. And then I just gave it a try. I said, okay, now I really want to push myself. I want to pursue this master in Switzerland. There was back then in English. And then I would start to learn English and at the same time learn the subjects. And I would really close myself in the college, like, yeah, studying and then going to, to class and then back to study. I remember back then, you know, in this college environment, yeah, there were most of the other people whose English level was way better than mine, right? Way, way better. I was the worst. I don't feel ashamed to say that. Also, in that case, I pictured, I visioned the end of the tunnel, this light, and then I say, I want to get there, and I have to. There is no way that I get distracted. There is no way that now this would have been something distracting from achieving my goal. I said, okay, I can do that, but once I'm done, once I'm out of this tunnel, then I can I can enjoy. And then it, this is what I did in the end. And then it was much, much more rewarding and, and uh, yeah, much, much better. Like joy that you have in celebrating because you are having like the little party, you know what you are celebrating for. Probably there are many more inspiring figures out there, but in my case, I'm the clear example that everyone even if born from a little town, from nowhere, and I'm the case, right? So I'm from Italy, and my little town is called Amandola, which is on the opposite side of Rome. Nobody knows where it is. Very small. You know how many citizens? We have not even 4,000. So very small. Everyone knows about everyone. And uh, when I go back for Christmas holiday or Easter, for example, you, you just greet everyone because you know everyone go to the square you don't need to make appointments with your friends you know you just go to the square you find someone and you talk with with, with those someone in a big city this is unthinkable right now i live in zurich and if i do not make an appointment with a friend then there is no way that by coincidence i meet someone that i know and in, in the street right so this is the reality i was coming from and then there was like almost no internationalization. So only people from that place and speaking only Italian or dialect of Italians. But then there was this sort of call, this inner voice of just stepping out and, and you know, getting out of this comfort zone and experiencing and doing as many experiences as possible and just being opportunity driven. You get challenged, you challenge in the other, you are open for new opportunities and then and then you just go step by step. You do one step and then you reassess the situation. Okay, what do I do next? You do another step and then, and this is what happened. If you see a little bit the, the career that I had, like, okay, the university there in, in my region and then I wanted to 
have an international flavor so it's okay let me go outside like i go for this i aim for this dual degree program that allows me to go to switzerland i came to switzerland zero knowledge in english and then i worked hard to finish the the degree and then guess what i got uh, the best mark uh, for the master thesis which was back to my peers or fellow was like unthinkable when they had thought like uh, how i would speak english two days before and then so that was a big achievement and then from there again next step reassessing now what's next what's next for me i decided to do a little bit of industry experience back in italy but then i said now it's time perhaps to go back to switzerland because i actually like the, the synergy between university and industry here especially in this university of applied science that are existing only in switzerland austria and germany they are different than their university that we are all used to and then plus there are university of applied science that are more practice oriented so then i came back again next step was in st gallen only as a research dealing with inno-swiss projects they're called so research project only in switzerland and then i reassess again about what i said okay now i would like to get broader experience with the research so let me aim for european research projects and then from there i had the opportunity to jump into the fhnw where i am now where i could work on efficient uh, on uh, european projects i could also uh, lead a small team where we could uh, work on our things we are good at part of ai that aims to provide machine interpretation to enterprise models and then from there again a reassessment which was in terms of lecturing so now let me try to practice this passion this transferring knowledge and uh, and then uh, dealing with people and therefore new challenges and now the really last step was this the, the foundation the funding of the startup the impact lab that has been funded wonderful so as you said initially that initially you used to don't know about english and you took your weakness to transform into strength so what is the one motivation that work for yourself? No, if I have something that is lacking, I had to work for it and you took it in a very positive way while walking that path. So what do you want to share to the young folks regarding that to keep self-motivating and to, to focus on what is the weakness? If you can work on it, you can actually achieve excellence. Resilience. Resilience is one keyword and always believe in yourself and be surrounded by positive people. So try to avoid those who are dragging you down and then telling you, no, you cannot do it. Okay, maybe one or two are needed because they boost your motivation. They give you some fuel. Sometimes you need these kind of people to say, okay, you know, I'll prove that you are completely wrong. So it's good to have sometimes, but in general, to really, you know, to have like a nice, constructive lifestyle i would say or like to keep up the pace i would say to make good things in life is good to be surrounded by positive and, and similar people like you who are who are having in a, 
a dream, sharing a dream and try to do things. It's like the same for for your podcast, right? I'm sure that at some point you say, okay, let's give it a try. We all believe in this. You have an objective that what I understood is to inspire young people, right? And I found this cause brilliant. And that's why I did not hesitate even one second to accept your invitation, because I think this is a great initiative. And please just, you know, continue and I wish you to be as successful as possible. Thanks a lot. They are delightful words for us. So you've been in various research practices. How do you see the research as a profession evolving? What do you see the future of it, the vision behind it? Yeah, thank you, Snap. Also, a very, very interesting question. So how do I see it? I see that there is a continuous need to push and to invest on research. Clear sign that is sent by uh, the most developed countries. So now I have the fortune to, to live and work in Switzerland, which is which has high standard in one of the most developed countries. And they really focus and believe in research. This is one of the key drivers for keeping your nation innovative and to allow the citizens to continuously benefit out of these new approaches, the new technologies. I don't see it, it's an end process at the end. It's, I don't see that. So research is just ongoing. It's a continuous process. It's evolving. So it's the, the great thing is that you just build on top of what is existing. Just like building an house, you build all the fundamentals there, there, and then brick by brick, build on top of it. And then think about an endless house that is built, right? So this is the, the way I see research. At some point, there is no point where it, it will stop and it's a continuous evolution and every research is worth it to, to be carried out. Wow, this is wonderful insight. So you did a double master's degree and you were a student for a long period of time. So the, those are the two sides of a coin, I would say. So how does your experience as a student frame to current job role that you are leading? And how did you manage both the studies parallelly? Yeah, so the tip is the following. Do what you love and love what you do. Oh, wonderful. In a nutshell, I'm a lecturer and to be honest, yeah, this, this is going to be perhaps the next level, next step. I'm still assessing it because I'm still open for professorship on the other hand, but also why not industry, maybe getting shifting more towards industry and then coming back. This is still to be decided, but yeah, just a little remark. But in, in general, yeah, how do you cope with different things so your passion for example what i also do at the fhnw is i organize and coordinate a networking event which is called biz and beer so this stands for business information systems what do we do there we connect people and we let them inspired by professionals that are coming from industry so now Obviously, we are passionate about information systems in general, and I work also for the Master in Business Information Systems. So all the topics revolve around this. Then what I do, I call some experts from the industry, maybe talking about AI, maybe blockchain, IoT, and so on. So half an hour of talk, question and answer session to stimulate students and to create interesting sparkly atmosphere and then later on 
the networking is actually taking place that everyone can uh, can drink something and exchange uh, thoughts unfortunately after the covid-19 outbreak this was not possible anymore but yes as soon as this is over we will be more than ready to resume it and this applies also in the impact club you know it's not only about helping to found companies but it's also inspiring so providing like some knowledge that are around innovation and for this we are going to create events even online events the, the last one was where i invited two speakers i created an event the first one actually where i announced together with my co-founder the impact club and there uh, yeah there was a co-managing director of venture kick which is a, a swiss supported organization that is also aiming to support startups with funding mainly so they did talk about options for funding and then uh, another speaker was the ceo of selma finance which is a startup created from an fhnw alumni and uh, what they do they offer digital assistant about financial aspects so now if you are if you don't know how to manage your money uh, where to invest virtual digital assistant that is supporting you in doing that so you see like this also goes in the direction of creating events that allows a community to be formed and then to be inspired very insightful i must say really amazing to listen to you one interesting thing that comes to my mind out of curiosity is since you are heavily involved in so many activities you also organize events network with people and try to bring in knowledge interaction so how do you see the dots connecting between the academia and industry yeah very good questions man so I th- there has to be more and more dots being connected because it, it's very highly valuable so if you go to the second valley indeed it's like all about connecting universities research centers with high tech companies corporates but also startups mm-hmm. with this winning forming this winning ecosystem right yeah. so we have a perfect mm-hmm. example there and then let's replicate it right because <clears throat> this is like really something that anyway i see also here in general in uh, in, in europe to be uh one of the key success factor of how you can bring the society to the next level so creating this loop, this loop as i uh, to which i really believe as i said at the beginning between research where you are discovering new advances not only in technology but also approaches combining maybe things that you, you someone else has discovered but transferring in, into a new domain right on the other hand the industry where you where they have they they apply the things they have their own customers they have their problems to be solved and then so see there is a perfect match making here between the industry and the and the research that if it's perfectly fitting then I'm, it provides it generates an extremely high value Yes, absolutely agree with you. It's all about the blending two sectors and coming out something fruitful and which is beneficial for our society in terms of development. So, yeah, glad to have you. I hope this uh, valuable insights will help the young folks 
will listen to this and yeah thank you so much and what is the one okay. message that you want to say so the message is love what you do and do what you love thank you it was pleasure to have you thank you very much for having me and a lot of success to you too and that's a wrap of another insightful episode 12 on the ninja talks podcast stay tuned for more exciting episodes follow us on instagram twitter and linkedin @the rate the ninja talks till then signing off